This is the Last Call Podcast with your host, Chris Michaels, and we are here every single, well, no, not every single, but mostly every single day during the week to bring you brilliance from my mind. As always, uh, we talk about politics, current events, and everything else. Maybe some days we talk about smut. But that day is not going to be today. I, uh, we're trying to get a little bit more into the esoteric and also the sci-fi conspiracy angle. So we're going to start with a story by the sixth man who walked on the moon. His name, Edgar Mitchell. And Mr. Mitchell is not like many other astronauts. He walked on the moon, supposedly, in 1966, if we're to believe that that whole thing is true. And I suspect it is. I suspect all these moonwalks are true. I do not believe they occurred in the way that we're being shown. That is my angle. Uh, Nor do I believe, thanks to NASA scientists admitting it on video, uh, that they cannot break through uh, basically the Van Allen belt, if I remember correctly, if that's it, uh, to get to the moon. So how did they get to the moon, if that's not the case? Uh, I suspect a lot of other things were involved. So Mr. Mitchell said you develop an in when you leave, uh, or, or you go really, really high up in the Earth's atmosphere, if you're part of the firmament angle, where uh, essentially the Earth is in a big glass dome, Uh, Anyway, Mr. Mitchell says you develop an instant global consciousness, a people orientation, an instant dissatisfaction with the state of the world and a compulsion to do something about it. From out there on the moon, international politics look so petty. You want to grab a politician by the scruff of the neck and drag him a quarter of a mile, a quarter of a million miles out and say, look at that, you son of a bitch. He seems like a pretty good guy. (laughs) Anyway, in 2015, Mr. Mitchell was out again where he was interviewed by Mirror Online and said White Sands, White Sands, New Mexico, was a testing ground for atomic weapons. And that's what the extraterrestrials were interested in. They wanted to know about our military capabilities. My own experience talking to people has made it clear that the AETs had been attempting to keep us from going to war and help create peace on Earth during during the nuclear tests. Woof! At White Sands, several witnesses believed they had seen alien spacecraft hovering above the mushroom clouds that emerged as the result of the detonation of atomic bombs. Other officers from bases on the Pacific coast told me their test missiles were frequently shot down by alien spacecraft. There was a lot of activity in those days. So this kind of makes sense, because if you read any any little bit of Dr. Joseph Farrell's research, you find out that atomic weapons are incredibly unstable, meaning that essentially atomic weapons are measured in kilotons. Uh, how much, how, what's the explosive equivalent if you were to, to stack up a, a, a load of dynamite? And that's how they measure nuclear explosions. So in that case, we find out that nuclear weapons don't exactly, uh, explode with the same constant of measurement. In other words, if you detonate a 10 kiloton nuclear device over, I don't know, White Sands, New Mexico, 
and then you detonate a 10 kiloton device over the Pacific Oceans, you will get different uh, intensities. And that's because of the electromagnetic frequency and the electromagnetic grid that is uh, basically covering the Earth. And so what we find out is that this nuclear technology actually enables transmission of frequency throughout the ether. And the ether is essentially the galactic goo, water, fluid, if you will, uh, in between all of the planets. Uh, that ether theory, uh, basically where every planet is sitting in, in, in space goo or, or space water, uh, went out the window in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and uh, that's when science went awry because the ether theory uh, nowadays, if we were to reanalyze it, actually holds a lot of truth to it because that would explain gravity, that would explain waves, that would explain why planets kind of bob up and down and things like that. Uh, ether is very, very interesting, and I suspect we're going to start to see more of that in the next few days. So why did I bring up that article? Because we're seeing more and more articles about extraterrestrial visitation, uh, more limited air outs where the government displays what they know when it comes to uh, extraterrestrials and UFOs. Uh, so I suspect that we're going to start to see these kinds of stories gain steam for the next round of nonsense that the powers that be, like Klaus Schwab, uh, th that they're going to throw out there. I mean, we had COVID. Now we have the infrastructure issue, right? And we're in a race against time here because the only way that this is kind of going to be saved, the only way that we're going to really be liberated in a way, if you will, is through I, a disclosure, maybe, where everyone says, oh, guess what? We are part of a galactic family and the human story is not that unique. There are other races on other planets in other dimensions that we've been in contact with that also have gone through the same rigors that you have on this planet over the past, I don't know how many thousands of years. I mean, because if you think about it, I mean, humans have basically, basically in one form or another been doing about the same thing uh, for 8,000 years. You still have people that work on the farms. You still have pe artisans. You still have people that swindle money. You still have the, the politicians. I mean, it's all the same thing, except now we've got vacuums, microwaves, and smartphones. Back then, you had brushes, uh, brooms, and oxen. You know, it's, it's that same kind of thing. You're just using different tools to the same end. So where does this Mobius strip of awareness finally end? When do we tear the Mobius strip and bring it from a figure eight to a linear line to move forward with the human story? I mean, there's a lot of, you can go back thousands and thousands of years, find out that humans were really, really just bred to be slaves, essentially to mine gold in South Africa. And you find evidence of that all over the place throughout Africa itself. I mean, uh, the southern tip of Africa, oddly enough, where Elon Musk's German Nazi family uh, was mining emeralds uh, through apartheid uh, using slave labor. Uh, yeah, and you wonder where Elon got all of his money from, right? <laughs> 
at least a bunch of <laughs> anyway. Uh, and, oh, by the way, Elon Musk, big time Democrat donor. Elon Musk's brother donated to every single politician that went after Trump. So the Musk family is not as uh, I don't know. You got You got to watch out for them, uh, especially since they're basically tied to blood emeralds. So uh, anyway, you can find gold all over the place. It would also explain why gold is such a commodity, why they want gold. It also explains why all of a sudden there's this massive push to tag people electronically, thanks to Klaus Schwab, uh, because, you know, we're at the end of, a, of an astrological cycle here, right? Every 2100 years or so about that, the, the Earth basically moves and points to a different constellation in the sky, and you become uh, aware of the age of Aquarius, right? So that's why we're entering into the age of Aquarius. And it goes back to the Bible. I mean, the Bible tells all about it. Uh, you know, when Moses comes down from the mountain top and people are worshiping an idol, a golden calf, well, that's it. You got to stop doing that. What does that signif- uh, signify? It signifies a story that comes from the age of Taurus. Taurus the bull, golden calf. You get the idea. And the Bible's riddled with stories about that. So the Bible is not just 6,000 years old. It's probably hundreds of thousands of years old. And these stories have been uh, brought down and retold and rewritten over the course of literal eons and epics in order to get it to where it is to have a summary of the human family's story uh, to where we are today. Uh, so it, you get the idea. And one of the things that we're starting to see actually uh, st- popped up during Trump, because for what it's worth, whether you hated Trump or loved Trump, I, in my case, I didn't vote for Trump. I didn't vote for Trump in 2016, nor did I vote for him in 2020. In fact, I didn't vote at all in either election uh, because my vote wouldn't matter with the way the system has been established, especially if we are in a Democrat state, uh, 2020 certainly didn't matter, especially if you're in a state like Georgia, Arizona, or Michigan. Well, hopefully that's being turned around soon. Uh, But I didn't vote at all because I didn't think there was, or I didn't feel, I didn't think, and I was right, that there was no significance in my vote with the way the system is rigged. Um, But if Donald Trump did anything at all, Donald Trump ripped the wool away from people's eyes. Donald Trump got people to see the complete scam that the media is. He got people to see the complete scam that Democrats were running on the American public, that never Trump Republicans like Liz Cheney, that fat slob that probably eats from a trough, and also wears a shit bag around her ass, like one of the horses do when they're uh, pulling. <laughs> that girl looks like she takes a healthy dump every morning, you know. I mean, she's built like <laughs> she's as wide as a as a <laughs> she's as wide as a barn door, and she's a warmonger, you know. And I I have no sympathy for scum like her and her dumb father, who, by the way, her dumb father probably doped up on coke. Uh, remember this story, shot one of his hunting partners in the face while uh, going for pheasant in a field while he was vice president. Yeah, okay. No, dude, you were screwed up on drugs and you were on a drug-fueled bender 
or the person that you shot in the face was disagreeing with you in some way and you had to teach him a lesson because you're essentially a war criminal and a gangster. So I have no sympathy for that. But Donald Trump exposed this kind of dynamic, whether you hate him or love him. If, you're, if you hate him, then you realize that the government doesn't work for you and you're never Trumper and there's a conspiracy everywhere. And if you are a pro-Trumper, then you realize that the media is never, ever going to speak on the side of truth. They're always going to speak on the side of the agenda and they're going to lie and they're going to cover everything up because they try to promote certain narratives that their sponsors want them to promote. If for any other, for a lack of any other term, the media is nothing more than well-paid, well-funded government propagandists. That's all it is. That's all they are. They're not altruistic. I don't care what you are. I don't care if you're part of NPR or CNN or MSNBC. It's, it's irrelevant unless you listen to the last call with Chris Michaels because nobody's paying me and I'm doing this for free. That I can tell you the truth and I can say what I want because I owe nothing to nobody. <laughs> At the same time, I ain't making no money <laughs> Oh, no, that's not true. I did make um, pennies for my uh, <laughs> for my anchor commercial. Pennies, tens of pennies off of that. But it's good. I mean, it's good. <laughs> so uh, the point is, is that Donald Trump, I, I took a drink because I didn't want my voice to cut out. Donald Trump was allowing everybody to see the ultimate sham, regardless of side that you're on, that you're being told day in and day out. And this has finally started to culminate almost four months after he was kicked out of office. And also another fun thing about Trump is that he never conceded. So uh, technically, uh, I, I think legally, Joseph Biden, Barack Obama, and Kamala Harris are occupiers. They're an occupying force. They aren't the, technically the people in charge, regardless of the fact that they took an oath. Um, but we're starting to see movement across the planet of a lot of people in the military saying, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? Particularly in France. This is where it all started. Military leaders are saying that France is headed for a civil war due to how it is not handling and tolerating Muslim extremism. And uh, like I said, this is the second letter. Uh, the controversy was further stoked when Marine Le Pen, commonly dubbed by mainstream media as France's outspoken leader of the far right, here we go again, somebody that wants some semblance of national security is suddenly a Nazi, right? Once again, showed support for the letter by agreeing on the danger of a civil war. And the bulk of the officer and enlisted military members agree with this assessment. The Macron government con condemned the second letter, saying it's crude. But in fact, the Macron government is nothing more than a bunch of globalists that don't care about any sort of national security. The letter posted on the website of the right-wing Valour Octue, I don't know how to say that, magazine late Sunday, echoes the one published by the same publication last month, but appears to have been written by an unknown number of younger troops still 
in service. There is always the danger of civil war. If a civil war breaks out, the military will maintain order on its soil because it will be asked to do so, it said while addressing Macron. It said the active duty signatories have long been fighting Islamism, to which you are making concessions on our own soil. Now, why do I bring up this kind of letter? Uh, they continue, if nothing is undertaken, laxity will continue to spread inexorably in society, causing, in the end, an explosion and the intervention of our comrades. There is no more time for procrastination. Gee, I can't speak tonight. Otherwise, tomorrow the Civil War will put an end to this growing chaos. Basically, what this says is that the military has just fired a warning shot to the Macron globalist government. Backed up by George Soros, the Nazis, I'm sorry, the European Union Parliament, and other individuals that cared not for the sovereignty of nations. Why is this important? Because you're going to start to see more and more governments or more and more militaries pushing back against their governments and saying, hey, wait a minute. We have to change what's going on here. We see all of this stuff going on, and something is not right. You no longer speak for us. We take an oath to the Constitution, not the president. Well, they do take a, you know, you know what I mean. Constitution outranks the president. The reason why I bring up that story is because the same exact thing is happening in the United States of America. Flag officers for America, made up of 120 retired generals, signed a letter warning of a conflict between Marxism and constitutional freedom within the United States. It said, we are in a fight for our survival as a constitutional republic, like no other time since our founding in 1776. The conflict is between supporters of socialism and Marxism versus supporters of constitutional freedom and liberty. Election integrity demands ensuring there is one legal vote cast and counted per citizen. Legal votes are identified by state legislatures approved controls using government IDs, verified signatures, and so on. Today, many are calling such common-sense controls racist in an attempt to avoid having fair and honest elections. This right here is a warning shot to the Joseph Biden administration because you're seeing the same thing happen in the United States that is occurring in France. You're seeing an invasion from the Southern Hemisphere. This just isn't people that want a better life. These people are being funded to the Northern, funneled and funded to the Northern Hemisphere by someone. I suspect people associated with George Soros because the sheriff in Southern Arizona is funded and trained by a George Soros non-governmental organization, uh, which is why he's really not stopping anybody at the border. Oh, by the way, Joe Biden said he's going to re, uh, recontinue, oh, recontinue, is that even a phrase? He's going to 
uh, restart the construction at the Rio Grande border of the border wall. Gee, I wonder who had that idea. So anyway, this letter continues. We must support and hold accountable politicians who will act to counter socialism, Marxism, and progressivism, support our constitutional republic, and insist on fiscally responsible governing while focusing on all Americans, especially the middle class, not special interests or extremist groups, which are used to divide us into warring factions. All citizens to get involved now at the local, state, or national level to elect political representatives who act the same way, blah, 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 so on and so forth. What these people just did was said, you people, or you quote-unquote elected officials, have to start watching out for yourselves because we see what's going on here. We know that you people are, people in quotes, are not acting in the best interests of the nation. You're being bribed, and you're accepting those bribes. By the way, you know, this big pipeline that stopped but will be uh, restarted at the end of the week. Does anybody remember Hunter Biden? Hunter Biden had all of that experience in the gas and oil industry in the Ukraine. Why doesn't he help out the United States now? Once again, where's Hunter? Anyway, you're starting to see more and more people in the military say, we know what you're doing and you've got to stop because we're going to come after you. And don't think it won't happen in the United States because there are are a lot of people in the military and law enforcement. They know the game and you can only push them around for so long before they say, you know what? Enough is enough. Another question. Why are you starting to see walls go up around all of the government buildings throughout the West? Look at Washington, D.C. And in the U.K., they just built a wall around Parliament. Now, why would you do that? Why would you put up walls around the governing building? What do they know? What are they preparing for? Also... Are they now occupying powers, meaning that they have been illegally put into office? So that means they must fortify their position because they are occupiers over a sovereign. They are governors over a sovereign. And if you go down that road, then we're all of a sudden, then who, (laughs) who's really in charge here? (laughs) So... Uh, There you go. Watch out for more stuff along those lines coming out in the next few days. Oh, speaking of Liz Cheney, uh, thankfully, the Republicans, not not Mitch McConnell's Republicans, because Mitch McConnell is is a fraud and an idiot that needs a haircut and he needs to get rid of that glue uh, that's keeping his upper lip to his top teeth. He needs to go and stop wearing the sweater vests. Okay, chubby, stop wearing them. You look like a fool and you should just retire. Go away. In fact, do what Liz Cheney has done or has been forced upon her and just make tracks to another part of the country, if not another part of the solar system. An overwhelming vote against Liz Cheney for kicking her out of her position within the Republican Party. And people in the media, they are immediately saying, 
oh, well, it has to do with her anti-Trump rhetoric. Could it have something to do with the fact that she's really just a Democrat? Could it have something to do with the fact that she was not upholding the law during the election cycle? Or maybe it could have something to do with the fact that she's a warmonger, just like her idiot father. And more than likely, if we did some digging, she should probably be tried for war crimes, just like her father. Could it be any of that stuff? Does it really involve Trump? I mean, Trump had a chip on his shoulder about her, and he took her out, essentially. Uh, and she vowed to do everything she can to ensure that the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. And that's her. She said that you... That we must fight against Trump and so on and so forth. Jim Jordan, Republican of Ohio, said the problem is you can't have a Republican conference chair who continuously recites Democrat talking points. You can't have a Republican conference chair who takes positions that 90% of the party opposes. Very good. And so the media is out there all throughout Trump's, uh, I mean, Bush's presidency, the Cheney family was made up of horrible, warmongering individuals that had blood on their hands that would do anything to start a war. And guess what? They still are that. But now, since she was kicked out at the behest of Trump, she is the media darling. She is the one that is going to stop the Republican Party from sailing off of the cliff because they want to make Trump their leaders. Uh, so Liz Cheney, shut up, go away. Nobody likes you. Um, and please, please do not run for re-election. We're begging you. We are begging you. Don't run for re-election. Please don't do it. I was going to bring up the Arizona election ballots, verification stuff, uh, the only real story that came out uh, was from the Arizona elections witness Jan Bryant, who said that they sent election officials on the night of the election in Arizona. They sent everyone home, rebooted the Dominion voting systems on Election Day, meaning during that reboot, we can imply or we can infer from her statement that what they did was is that they shifted votes over from Trump to Biden. And there are a lot of issues with that whole thing. We find out that there are more votes than there should have been uh, cast for Trump. I mean, I mean casted for uh, Biden. They came in at all times of the night. Uh, so that we had no idea how any of that happened. I, the, 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 all, the, just the gall and the fraud that went on during this time is just mind-boggling. It's just mind-boggling. I guess I am going to talk about the Arizona audit because we can continue on. And this is from uh, redstate.com. And I also wanted to talk about the shedding of the coronavirus. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. I'll, I will do it tomorrow. I'm arguing with myself, and I will do it tomorrow because I've been podcasting for what now? A half an hour? 27 minutes. Good God almighty. All right, so we're going to finish up with this, and then we'll talk about spike proteins and how all of you 
stupid human beings that got these gene therapy platforms inoculated into them uh, are shedding like a bunch of filthy street urchins uh, and possibly impacting people that have not been vaccinated. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. Anyway, going back to Arizona, uh, like I said, redstate.com is reporting this. Two massive vote dumps occurred in just over an hour after the Arizona polls closed, totaled about 625,000 and 1,473,000 votes, respectively. The total of those two vote dumps, which is about 2.1 million votes, uh, exceeded the official results total of Maricopa County votes cast at 2.089,500 or, or 2, votes, by more than 9,000 votes. Biden received more votes in those two vote dumps than the official vote tally in Maricopa County. Was this the reason for the suspicious fire? In other words, what they're saying is that there were documented votes cast in those two voting, in, in those two dumps that occurred after the polls closed. Those two voting dumps meaning somebody shook close to 2 million votes out of a plastic garbage bag after everyone else in Arizona voted, Uh, those two dumps totaled more than all votes that were cast or all ballots that were cast. So if you're going to cheat, you can't dump, you can't replace all 2 million votes that were already cast. Morons. And this, and the two voting dumps, and that was all for Arizona. And the two voting dumps that occurred in Maricopa County had more votes in them than voters in Maricopa County. So what they did was is that they started to set a whole bunch of ballots on fire, and that's where we got all the stories uh, about finding all of these ballots burnt up on the side of the road in the middle of the desert just outside of ours, uh, Phoenix because they fr- they basically uh, committed fraud and had a whole bunch of ballots and the ballots that they were depositing into the voting areas were more than all the votes cast in the county and, and ultimately all of Arizona. So you can't cheat that bad. You can't cheat that bad. So they had to get rid of some of these ballots and destroy the evidence. Those dumps could only have been absentee ballots, uh, early voting results that were counted legally in the two weeks before Election Day as late arriving absentee ballots and Election Day in-person voting results could not possibly have been included in those two dumps uploaded just over an hour after the polls closed. Those voting dumps were time-stamped, making it impossible that those dumps came from any county other than Maricopa. So we know where this is coming from. As no other Arizona county delivered more than 525,000 votes, and any two or more counties necessary to contribute to either of those dumps would have had to time their uploads down to the second. So the only place where these voting dumps, these ballot dumps could have occurred is within Maricopa County. So that's the only place the auditors have to look because it's so outrageous. It's so over the top that there's no other place it could have occurred. In-person voting 
in Maricopa on election day totaled 167,000 votes cast per multiple sources. How were those in-person votes accounted for when the two early voter dumps identified above already exceeded the official number of votes cast in the county? So what they did was all of the early voting outnumbered all of the day of election day voting. You can't do that. You can't do that. The cheating is so outrageous. If this story is true, of course, because we can't say it's true until the results come out. So it's it's just not. Furthermore, exit polls had Trump and Biden within the margin of error. Uh, so basically, uh, exit polls or polls performed on individuals leaving the voting booth. And those exit polls are never honest. I mean, you can never really get a good gauge of all that stuff. Anyway, the conclusion is that more than enough irregularities were presented to warrant conducting the forensic audit. And exactly this is going to happen because we're also now seeing what's going on in Michigan, and Michigan has authorized a forensic audit. So this is really just getting the ball rolling because we're going to see we're going to see more of this. And if they do not complete these audits appropriately, or if these things are thwarted or throttled, then I suspect that's where the military is going to come in, and that's why. We're starting to see these letters from former and current military members saying enough is enough. We have to reestablish integrity within our government. And that's the last call with Chris Michaels. I will be back tomorrow, as always, to regale you with brilliance from my overinflated sense of self-worth.